0: CHAPTER SEVEN OF RAIDING WITH MORGAN BY BYRON DUNN THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN Calhoun TAKES FRED PRISONER After leaving Midway, Morgan did not march directly to Paris, but halted at Georgetown, a little city twelve miles north of Lexington. The citizens of Georgetown gave Morgan's command the same joyous welcome which they had received at almost every place visited for Morgan came to them not as an enemy, but as a liberator. From Georgetown, Morgan resolved to attack Cynthia, which lies north of Paris, having heard there was a considerable body of Federal troops stationed there. Sending a small force toward Lexington to keep up the fiction of an attack upon that place, Morgan moved with the main body of his force upon Cynthia. Here was fought the fiercest battle that Morgan was engaged in during his raid. Cynthiana was held by Colonel John J. Landrum of the 18th Kentucky. He had under him about four hundred men, mostly home guards and raw recruits. Landrum put up a most gallant defense, and the battle raged for an hour and a half with the greatest fury. It was at last decided by a furious charge made by Major Evans at the head of his Texas Rangers. The entire force of Colonel Landrum was killed, wounded, and taken prisoners. Colonel Morgan lamented the loss of some forty of his bravest men. Calhoun was not in this fight, having been sent with his scouts toward Lexington to watch the movements of the enemy. From Cynthiana, Morgan moved on Paris, and the place surrendered without a shot being fired. Some twenty-five miles of the Cincinnati and Lexington Railroad was now in Morgan's possession, and he proceeded to destroy it as thoroughly as his limited time admitted. But he was being encompassed by his enemies. A large force was moving on him from Frankfort; another from Lexington. Calhoun, with his faithful scouts, kept him fully informed of these movements. Just in time to elude General Green Clay Smith's forces from Lexington, he marched for Winchester. His next move was to Richmond. This left all the pursuing forces in the rear. The celerity of Morgan's movements, the marvelous endurance of his men, astonished and confounded his enemies. At Richmond, Morgan decided to make a stand and give battle to his pursuers. But Calhoun brought word that at least 5,000 Federals were closing in on him. To give battle to such a number would have been madness, so he marched for Crab Orchard. On the march, Calhoun made a detour towards Danville, so as to visit the plantation of his uncle, Colonel Richard Shackleford. He was also in hopes of meeting his cousin Fred, He had heard how Fred had interceded for his father, keeping him from being sent to a northern prison, and he wished to thank him. He was ashamed of the hatred he had felt toward him, and resolved to make amends for it. His arrival was a genuine surprise, but to his consternation, Fred presented himself in the uniform of a captain of the Federal Army. His men clamored to take Fred prisoner, But just as Calhoun had succeeded in quieting them, to his dismay, Captain Conway came galloping upon the scene at the head of his company. He had obtained permission from Morgan to scout toward Danville. His real object was to capture Fred, who he knew was at home. Once in his hands, he hoped to convict him as a spy. His plan was frustrated by the bold stand taken by Colonel Shackelford, who delivered Fred as a prisoner to Calhoun with instructions to take him to Morgan. This Calhoun did, and Morgan at once paroled him, although Conway tried his best to have him held as a spy. Morgan not only paroled Fred, but let him return with the horse he had ridden, although many of the men looked on the splendid animal with envious eyes. But Morgan would not hear of their taking a horse which belonged to his old friend, "'Colonel Shackelford.' "'Why didn't you ride that horse of yours?' asked Captain Matthews of Fred, alluding to Fred's famous horse, Prince. "'Afraid you might keep him?' laughed Fred. "'You are a good judge of a horse, Captain.' "'Right you are,' responded Matthews. "'I am sorry I didn't think of that horse when we were at Richmond. "'I would have visited you with my friend Conway and taken the horse. "'Think I will have to return for him yet?' Fred thought little of what Matthews said, but that very night, Matthews dispatched two of his men back in disguise to steal Fred's horse. From Crab Orchard, Morgan marched to Somerset, surprising the place and capturing a large wagon train. It was also a depot for army supplies, all of which Morgan gave to the torch. Here again he took possession of the telegraph office and enlightened the Federals as to his movements. At Somerset, Morgan's raid was practically at an end. There were no Federal troops in front of him. His pursuers were a day behind. After he had completed the destruction of all the United States property in the place, and was ready to leave, he caused the following dispatches to be sent. Somerset, Kentucky, July twenty-second, 1862 George D. Prentiss, Louisville, Kentucky Good morning, George D. I am quietly watching the complete destruction of all of Uncle Sam's property in this little burg. I regret exceedingly that this is the last that comes under my supervision on this route. I expect in a short time to pay you a visit and wish to know if you will be at home. All well in Dixie. John H. Morgan, Commanding Brigade Somerset, Kentucky, July 22nd, 1862 General J.T. Boyle, Louisville, Kentucky. Good morning, Jerry. This telegraph is a great institution. You should destroy it, as it keeps me too well posted. My friend Ellsworth has all of your dispatches since July 10th on file. Do you wish copies? John H. Morgan, Commanding Brigade Somerset, Kentucky, July twenty second, 1862. Honorable George Dunlap, Washington, D.C. Just completed my tour through Kentucky. Captured 16 cities. Destroyed millions of dollars of United States property. Passed through your county, but regret not seeing you. We paroled 1,500 Federal prisoners. Your old friend, John H. Morgan, Commanding Brigade. THE FEELINGS OF THE ABOVE GENTLEMEN AS THEY RECEIVED THESE TELEGRAMS CAN BETTER BE IMAGINED THAN DESCRIBED. THE ONE TO GENERAL BOYLE MUST HAVE CUT HIM TO THE QUICK AS HE READ IT. TO KNOW HOW COMPLETELY MORGAN HAD OUTWITTED HIM WAS LIKE GALL AND WORMWOOD TO HIM. FROM Somerset, MORGAN HALTED HIS COMMAND AT LIVINGSTON, TENNESSEE, TO TAKE A MUCH-NEEDED REST. NEVER DID MEN NEED IT MORE they had accomplished one of the most astonishing feats in the annals of American warfare. No wonder the name of Morgan struck terror to the hearts of the Federals. Morgan, in his report of his raids, sums it up as follows. I left Knoxville on the fourth day of this month with about 900 men and returned to Livingston on the 28th instant with nearly 1,200, having been absent just 24 days during which time I traveled over 1,000 miles, captured 17 towns, destroyed all the government property and arms in them, dispersed about 1,500 home guards, and paroled nearly 1,200 regular troops. I lost and killed, wounded and missing, of the number I carried into Kentucky, about 90. End of Chapter 7